Thank you, Kelly and Jordan. Um, wow, encouraged by those words. Thanks for leading us in worship, Jordan. Um, yeah, um, I, uh, I'm excited to start this psalm series. I, I want to introduce the psalms a little bit to us. Uh, and then today I'm excited to share in Psalm 1 with us. And before that, though, if you're curious, Menard's delivery guy got here. I don't know if all of you joined us in time in the beginning, but uh, as we started, the Menard's delivery guy was calling me. He's currently here. So you might hear our dog bark a little bit. He's excited that the guy's here. That's a sweet side note for all of you. Um, I got something right here that I'm wondering if you uh, know what it is. This is a, a very special little item. Uh, uh, it's called a mixtape. Um, I had these in high school. In fact, this is one that we just made. This is our uh, 90s forever mixtape. On the back, I got the songs, some of the songs and bands listed. Um, if you aren't sure, this is a cassette tape. You put this into a cassette player, and these uh, things spin around and music plays. It's magical. It doesn't sound quite as good as you know like CDs. If you know, don't know what CDs are, they're these circles that you put in a machine and they play music. Um, it's wild. Uh, we, we have taught our kids what tapes are, taught our kids how to make a good mixtape um, because we have a, uh, my dream car, uh, a 1990 Volkswagen Cabriolet, um, and it has a cassette deck. So we've been making mixtapes, which is kind of funny. Now we take a, we make a playlist on my phone and then I play it through an old cassette player and hit record. Um, and make tapes. We used to make these as a kid. I would listen to the radio, um, and as a song, if a song came on that you liked, you hit, you hit record, and uh, and you'd make a tape, and then you'd write on the back all the different songs. You you had missed the first you know a few seconds of the song because you just heard it on the radio, not not in time to get the beginning of it. Uh, I I love this. This feels nostalgic. Um, it it feels just right. We actually have some tapes that we bought recently for the car that aren't mixtapes and they aren't the same. There's something about the mixtape you cur curate and you, know, and you know why, I think I figured this out. I love my mixtape because every song on this mixtape has some, you know, meaning to me, some connection to me. I have a song that played uh, when I was having a really hard time. If, if, if you know Loser, the song Loser by Beck, you know, I'm a loser baby. So, yeah, that song, I remember playing, uh, I, I had a crush on a girl, and I talked to her, and she was interested in continuing to be good friends, and devastated, and I remember listening to that song over and over, just, I'm a loser, like, it just affirmed that lie, I guess, in me. Songs that uh, play that remind me of uh, school dances, that songs I play that I remember as uh, songs that were... Uh, important to Kelly and I in our relationship, you know, love songs to just fun songs to party songs that you just love to sing out and scream in the car. Each song for for just the right occasion, right? In fact, we I would make mixtapes for certain occasions. Uh, so you pop that in if you're just cruising around, hanging out with friends, having fun. You pop it in if if you wanted a, a romantic ride. <laughs> um, I, I like mixtapes because it gives me the opportunity to play the right song for the mood I'm in. It kind of gives me words, right? These are 
these are ultimately poets, right? Who wrote this music for us and are sharing the way they feel. And often it connects to me. And this, this is what the book of Psalms is. This is what we get to experience for the next few months together. We get to open the book of Psalms and the book of Psalms contains a kind of a mixtape uh, of all different emotions and feelings. It often gives us words that we don't have ourselves to things. It gives us uh, expresses joy that we have and sadness. There's songs of lament. There's songs of great joy. There's songs of thanksgiving. There's songs that were written in the midst of a moment that we too experience now. And, and, and the Psalms express those for us. And so that's what I'm excited about for uh, the Psalms. We get to open them up uh, and flip to a Psalm that and, and hear about the way someone was feeling and thinking, and it points us back to God in that feeling and thinking. It's incredible. In fact, uh, a very old theologian, as the most recent photograph we have of him, Athanasius, said this, whatever your particular need or trouble from this same book, the Psalms, you can select a form of words to fit it so that you learn the way to remedy your ill. Whatever we're, our trouble is or our need is, we can open the Psalms and that Psalm will point us back to God. This this week has been um, a hard week. Uh, this week I've heard the news of um, friends losing loved ones, um, uh, um, people I, I love and respect uh, losing their lives. Um, and uh, for, for many, I think, um, uh, yesterday people, this weekend people were running for Ahmad. Uh, the story uh, of an African-American man losing a life as he ran, uh, was, was on a run and um, was shot and killed. And um, is heartbreaking. Moments I say, I don't understand. And I could go this week to the Psalms. I went to Psalm 42 this week. And I read as, as I didn't know what to say or do, as I felt, uh, as I felt these things and I needed to lament, I went to a Psalm of lament. I went to Psalm 42. And I read this and it gave me words uh, and it connected to me and, it, and God used it to minister to me. Let me read this uh, just quickly for you. Um, in Psalm 42, 3, it says this phrase. This is what hit me this week. My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. This, the words, my tears have been my food for night and day, hit me. I, that's, that's what I'm feeling. Like, the sadness, it feels like, have been while I've been eating for day and night. And um, uh, I'm thankful for a psalm. In that case, I'm also thankful for a psalm um, like Psalm 66 that I often go to um, when I am just overwhelmed and thankful. A psalm that expresses the words, uh, these first words in Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Give the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you, sings praises to you sings praises to your name. Shout for joy to God. There's moments when I, I can't believe what God's doing. 
all that he's done. And I can go to Psalm 66, just a few flips over, right? The next track on this. And so I'm thrilled for us to get to get um, into the Psalms. And not only um, because of the content of the Psalms, the connection I think they will have for all of us, but also Psalms are one of the most quoted things of Jesus that we see uh, in the Gospels. Jesus loves the Psalms uh, and speaks the Psalms. He uses the Psalms to be his words. In fact, when Jesus is dying on a cross, he quotes Psalm 22. He, cry, he cries out these words of these uh, of, of Scripture. And so not only are we, I'm excited for that, but excited to see how these Psalms are going to point us to Jesus and remind us of how good he is and how good our God is. And so we're going to begin today um, with Psalm 1. Uh, it's a good place to start with Psalms. And uh, at Psalm, Psalm 1 kind of opens up Psalms. It's like an introduction to explain kind of the rest of the Psalms and, and kind of all of Scripture. Um, and so we're going to look at Psalm 1 uh, together today uh, as we start our time and then continue as we go the next, these next 12 weeks to go through different kinds of Psalms and also hear from a lot of you, uh, a lot of people in, in our church, some small group leaders um, and people in our church about what Psalms have been meaningful to them too as we continue to learn. So let's Let's open our Bibles here. If you actually have a Bible or if you want to have the words, I'll have the words on the screen here for Psalm 1. We're going to walk uh, right through that together. I'll just read the whole thing. It's not very long, just six verses together. And then um, if you want to read along with me, I won't know if you're doing it or not, but sometimes it's helpful to, to read along. So let's read Psalm 1 together. Blessed is, the one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on the, his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, with it, uh, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let's look at this first um, part of Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So we're opening this up in other translations like this. Uh, the happy one, the one who is happy, but uh, I like this blessed one. I, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more there than just happy. That word happy is hard, I think, uh, for us sometimes to know what that means. So blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed is the one who chooses not to walk with these types of people or stand with these kinds of people or sit. Often when we hear these words together, it means kind of all the time. Do you spend your time where you go, where you're standing, or even where you're sitting in any, in any position of your day? Are you with people who are not taking God's way or choosing to turn to things other than God or choosing to be mockers, right? Are people who are choosing other things than God to find wisdom, which isn't wisdom. And so it says, blessed are the people who don't do that. Well, what do they do then, right? Well, Psalm 1 gets to that. And I think this is the part we really want to land on today. But whose delight? So the blessed ones who, who, don't, who don't stand or, or walk or sit with sinners of the wicked, 
but the ones who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law night and day. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So the one who delights in the law and who meditates on his word night and day. That's, that's what Psalm 1 is telling us. Can we be people who delight in his law and meditate on his law so what does it mean to delight in his law? The word delight there isn't just like who, uh, be, because they're told they probably should get into his law. And the word law there is really, another word you could say is instruction or his word. So we're talking about God's word. Actually, we're talking about, right, instruction, his, his word, scripture that he's given us to know how to live. This is language that we see throughout scripture that's connected to life and death, which we're going to see as we move through this, through the rest of this um, psalm. So the one who looks at the Lord's instruction and delights in it um, is the one who will have uh, life, it looks like, and the one who meditates on it. So not just delights in it. Oh, I, I delight in God's instruction, what he has for me, but I meditate on it. And meditate for me um, is a word that I often like to connect to another word that sounds actually kind of like meditate, and that is marinate. I think we should be people who marinate in the word. Let me, I, uh, I tell, tell you this little story. I, uh, when we first were married and we were grilling a lot, I was excited to be a husband and have a grill in my own house. And uh, that was something I was thrilled about. I used to, we used to just get chicken. We buy chicken at the store and I'd slap it on the grill, right? And it would cook up and it'd get nice and dry and chewy. And then we would uh, put it on plates, you know, and we eat it and we this is this is great, huh, Cal? And she'd say, yeah, good job on the grill. Because she's an amazing wife, right, who is encouraging. And I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you'd go anywhere to eat, and you'd have chicken. You'd say, like, how do they make their chicken not dry and chewy? This, and, I, and I was mentioning this to a friend. And he said, well, you, you marinate it, right? You know it's not hard. What? No, so he, he came over, and he said, hey, just take a Ziploc bag, throw your chicken in there dump a whole bottle of Italian dressing in there, let it sit for a day, and then do what you did before. Just throw it on the grill, let it cook. So we put it in there, it, it sat in all that oil, those oils and those seasonings for a day, and it kind of soaked in and uh, and marinated in that. And then we threw it on the grill and it cooked up really good. Same thing, I just flipped it over, cooked. I kind of like, this isn't any different than before. And then I took a bite. Mmm, life-changing forever, right? I loved giving this advice to people and I'm like, oh, I'm a really good cook. You take a Ziploc bag and you throw an Italian dressing <laughs> like it's real fancy. Uh, incredible, right? The change that came just from marinating it for a little bit, letting it soak, it is, it's a whole different thing, right? And I want to encourage us to think in the same way, right, in this psalm. So think about this. We are people who are going to marinate in God's instruction, in his word. And not, not just... Um, like for a little bit when it's convenient, it says night and day. So we want to delight in God's instruction in his word and we want to marinate in it, meditate on it, right? Like really sit and uh, absorb it. Um, let the spices and the oils and the different parts of it hit us in, in, in our emotions and in our thoughts and our hearts or in our minds. Um, it's not just a quick thing. It's an all the time kind of thing. Can we be people who marinate in his word? Why? Because what happens when you people who meditate on his word? We become 
like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither, whatever they do prospers. I have, um, we've been in our house a lot, as probably you have, or at least away from people a lot. And I can feel some days like a dried up tree whose leaves are falling off. I don't know if I'm gonna make it to the next season and I'm for sure not producing fruit. I'm just trying to stay alive, right? I'm not producing fruit at all. And so we often can feel kind of like a dying tree that's not planted by water, that's planted in clay, soil that's dry and away from water. Maybe there hasn't been rain for a while and we're slowly kind of withering, right? We're not green and producing fruit like we should. And in that time, what should we go to? What should we sink our roots down into? I think we look to lots of things to sink our roots down into, thinking it's going to be life-giving, right? And often I think I even just find it, can I just flip on a phone and scroll enough that somewhere there'll be some water that will renew my roots and give me life again and let me produce fruit. It just doesn't, right? And so we know though in this Psalm, it gives us this great news that there's one, the Lord and his law and his instruction that is the one that gives us life and gives us not just life, but fruit. And I love this part, look at this and whose leaves never wither. We become evergreen trees. Not just, not just trees that uh, sometimes our leaves grow and then they fall. We become trees who are always, always uh, blooming, right? We're, it's like we're Christmas trees that produce apples. I mean, how incredible is this? We get to be trees that are always green and beautiful and are always producing fruit, which is providing love and mercy and kindness and, and all of those things, patience of, of God to those around us. And if I, if I want to be one of those people, then there's one source for that. What if I don't want to be one of those people? Well, he gives us the other side of this. If you're not looking uh, to the Lord and his law and looking away from that, then you're looking, uh, uh, you're going to look like this. It says not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So the wicked are like chaff that blows in the wind. So what this means is there's when they would harvest uh, grains, like if they harvested a bunch of wheat, they would pile it up and then someone would actually throw it up in the air with this uh, kind of rake, right? And they'd throw it up in the air and all of the, the good stuff from it the actual wheat, the actual grain would fall down. It was heavy enough to fall down. But the shell of it, the dried, broken shell that was pretty useless would flake off and the wind would blow it away. Or they'd even collect it sometimes and they would just burn it. So, so when we hear this language of chaff in here, we probably go, that's weird. Why would you use that language? Well, because it's, it's perfect, right? Imagine this giant, strong tree that's roots are in the ground and it's growing and it's producing fruit because it's by living water. And then imagine dried up shell, flaky, dead husks floating and blowing away in the wind. Those are, those are the options. And so Psalm 1 here is giving us this great image of what that looks like. We get to choose life, their roots in, in God or 
we get to choose to be chaff blown about in the wind. I can feel, I can feel that. I can feel that I'm drying up and I'm blown away into the wind. And then it just sums it up for us here at the end. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So if you didn't, if you didn't get it in those first few verses, the Lord's watching over us who are pursuing him. And if you're going to follow the ways of not God, not the ways of God, that leads ultimately to destruction. So we hear the same language of to pursue God is life and to pursue away from him is destruction or death. This sounds great, right? So let's all go read your Bibles and you're good, right? Make a, make a mixtape of some Michael W. Smith and worship songs, right? And read your Bibles and we're all good, right? That's not how I've, that's not how I've experienced it. Um, so what if this psalm um, maybe describes something even richer than that? What if this psalm is describing the one who can do this? Because you know what? In Psalm 2, it says, those who delight in the law of the Lord, I sometimes delight in the, or at least kind of delight in the law of the Lord. But I don't fully do this. I, I walk with the wicked. I stand in the way of the sinner. I am a sinner. I turn from God. I look to other things. And so what if Psalm 1 is reminding us of the one who could do these things? What if there's one who did come and maybe walk among the sinners but did not become a sinner? He sat in the company of mockers and was mocked himself but did not become a mocker. The one who delighted in the law and actually looked to the law and said, God's people can't, can't do this. They're imperfect. They're, they're going to sin. They're going to turn from God. They're going to worship other things. They're going to be disobedient. And the cost of that is going to be their lives. They're going to be put on death row because they have committed treason against God. And what if he came and delighted in the law and was perfect and he meditated on God's word and he was willing to go to put an end to this, to set up a new law, which we call the law of Christ, right? The law of Jesus. What if, in fact, Jesus came and he called himself living water? Do you remember this story? He went to the woman at the well and he actually tells her what you need. He calls out her sin, right? He says um, he's very kind to her. And in that also saying, you've turned from God and his law. What you need is living water. He, he's like, he's referring to Psalm 1. He, I am the living water. What if he becomes the living water that we cling to? And so that we don't become chaff that blows in the wind, but instead we get to plant our roots deep, deep next to him. And he gives us life. And he's the one who gives us the ability to not wither. And he's the one who gives us the ability to, to, uh, to have fruit. Right, So Psalm 1 here is reminding us of how good Jesus is. And I can say that because uh, of this passage. We're going to go to here in a minute. Um, Jesus uh, comes. He shows that he is God. He does all these miracles. And he's willing to die for us because we have not delighted in God's law. And uh, he goes to a cross and dies. And people are mourning his death. We thought this was the Savior, the Messiah who was coming. 
and Jesus actually raises from the dead. A few people see him, but this is moments really after he has raised from the dead, right? And there's two men walking on a road to a city called Emmaus, and they're walking on the road, and another person approaches us. It's Jesus, but they don't recognize him. And they say, he says, what's going on? You seem so, so sad, and they explain all this. We thought the Messiah was here. He came, and he was doing miracles, and he came in the power of God, and then he was crucified. People killed him, and he's dead. He's in a tomb. We don't know what to do or think. So this is Jesus with them on a road, and this is what happens. He said to them, how foolish are you, and how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? He had to come and die. That was, that was the point. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. See this? Verse 27, Luke 24, 27 says, Jesus then says, hey, I don't think you get it. Let me explain all of scripture to you. So their scripture would have been uh, all of the Old Testament. It all concerns me. He doesn't say me yet. They don't understand it's Jesus yet. It all is about this Jesus who died. Do you understand? He died because of your sin to save you and rescue you. And you know that he's going to enter his glory. Do, maybe you don't know that. Do you know that all of this scripture is about this guy you're talking about? And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was as if uh, he was going farther. But they urged him. They said, no, of course, this, this guy just explained to you, unlocked the key to scripture for them. Uh, so they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So they invited him in, still not knowing he was. We want to hear more. Come stay with us. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he began to give it to them and their eyes were open and they recognized him. Now, can you imagine this? They're sitting at the table with him. He breaks bread. You wonder if they remember, maybe they were there. Remember the moments when Jesus has broken bread and given thanks? It's as if they see that and then they flash his moments. So when he fed the 5,000 or the 4,000, or maybe they've heard stories already of, of days before when he broke bread and said, this bread is going to signify, is going to remind you of my broken body that's broken for you. Like, do they, do all those things come together? They must somehow, because in that moment, they realize it's Jesus. This is wild. And then he disappears. The moment they see Jesus, they go, wait, you're Jesus? Boof. I don't know what that looks like. If there's a puff of smoke or if there's like glitter everywhere. I don't know how that, probably not, right? He disappears. I love this though. And they, can you imagine this moment? They turn to each other. And they ask, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Our hearts were burning within us. They were delighting in the law of the Lord. These weren't just instructions on how to live a good life. It wasn't, uh, they weren't just seeing their scripture as a, as a self-help book. Here's some good points on how to live life and how to be a good person. But instead, Jesus had opened their eyes to that this book was about me and the life that you have in me 
and the defeat of sin and the opportunity for forgiveness and life and to be loved and safe and to be created with a purpose, all of a sudden, Scripture is open in a whole new way. I mean, amazing, right? So let's go back to Psalm 1, right? Those who delight in the law of the Lord who meditate on its law day and night. We don't have to look to Scripture as a book of rules that we get to follow. We get to delight in God's Word because in every word we read, it can remind us of how good Jesus is and that he is the living water and gives us life. So when I'm sitting and I'm weary of hearing about death and hatred and I'm, I'm sick of not seeing people and it feels like part of me is withering because and falling apart because I can't be around my people, right? And why did God create me as an extrovert? And then make me sit all the time without people. I mean, other than the people in my house. I love them. But uh, all my friends, right? Well, I'm feeling the withering, right? I can open scripture and not say, oh, God, just tell me what to do. I need to follow some rules to feel better. Um, tell me to reach within and, and you know, find my inner peace. Instead, he says, no, no, no. You're going to open this word and it's going to remind you of Jesus and he is going to give you great peace. And it's going to remind you to meditate and think about Jesus and cling to Jesus because he's the one who's going to give you life and remind you that you're loved and you're connected and, and that your comfort comes from him and your security comes from him. It's it's an opportunity we have each day. That's how we delight in the Lord. We get to wake up and say, I need to be reminded of how good Jesus is. And so I want to give you something that's helpful for me because I say, you can say that, right? And you go, cool. And then you open your Bible and you read and you go like, oh, these are weird words. I don't say chaff normally in my life. Um, and you go like, cool. Well, I read my Bible and back to Facebook, right? You don't. So I want to give us maybe a helpful um, steps to do this. So this is something that I've been doing. Um, these are called the three A's. This comes from Tim Keller, uh, wrote a devotional uh, called The Songs of Jesus, where he actually goes through uh, the Psalms, uh, which has been a, a really cool devotional to do. But he, he encourages us with this. This is a very simple way to read scripture. And I think a really helpful way to read scripture. So I'll do this. I'll read it and maybe even journal or write my thoughts um, or just share how I'm feeling, um, or maybe draw a picture off and I'm like to doodle kind of my stuff up. I would encourage you to think maybe this is an, a way to practically actually uh, apply this to do this, um, this, this summer. Uh, read the Psalms this summer with us. Um, and so here's, here's how this works. First, you adore, you read the passage, then you adore. So for the first day, then we admit, and then we aspire. So first you adore. Uh, you look at what did you learn about God for which you could praise or thank him. Then you admit, uh, what did you learn about yourself for which you could repent? And repent just means to turn. So it means I'm turning to one thing for my hope, for, for this living water. And I need to turn to the true living water, to God, right? Just sees, what can I turn from? What does this passage help me turn from? Often after you've heard, after you've thought about how to praise and thank God, it's actually uh, not as hard to turn. Because you think, oh, he's worthy of that. And then the last day is to aspire. What did you learn about life that you could aspire to or you could ask for or you could act on? So what are you going to do about this? 
Who is God and what has he done? How can I turn to him? What can I turn away from? And then what can I do about this? We're going to do this right now. Uh, let's do this with Psalm 1 um, together. So in Psalm 1, uh, what did we learn about God? We learned that he's the one who gives life. We're the one that he actually blesses us. He could be a God far off on his throne saying like, well, good luck with that. But instead he blesses us. What did we learn? Um, and, and we can thank him for that. You're good. You, you not only bless us, cause us to not wither, to cause us to prosper. You give us righteousness, but you also give us fruit. You cause us to be overflowers of that love and mercy in the people around us. That's good news. So what could I do to admit? I could then, if, as we move on to the second A, I could turn from trying to sink my roots into things that don't give me life, right? I mean, that's a, I could go, what are those things that I look to? And I could turn from those things. I could turn from maybe uh, an endless scroll on a phone to, to a God who gives me his law of Christ and reminds me what it looks like to have life. And then aspire, I think uh, Psalm 1 really encourages me and God really convicts me to want to act on this and acting on this for me is just getting in the word, right? I want to try to use the three A's, read my, read my Bible, read a, a short Psalm, six verses, and I'm going to try to, to do this, write these things down. My act on is actually to continue to do these um, in scripture. And it's not easy, right? That took a few minutes. And I encourage you to take those few minutes to, to do those. And not only that, uh, to, Think through and how you can connect and see Jesus in each one of those that you do. Lastly, I just want to encourage us uh, with a few words of reflection before we decide, before we take communion together. Um, um, uh, a few things just to continue to think about um, as we, as we uh, move forward here. You want to grab your communion supplies. These are things I want us to reflect on today and, um, and this week. Do you know the Blessed One? who can delight in the law and has delighted in the law in order to save us, rescue us, and call us family. Who is the living water? Do you know Jesus? That's, that's the first step. It isn't read your Bible more. It's cling to Jesus. And when we're growing weary, where do we put down our roots? That's a helpful question every week, every day to ask. Where am I putting down my roots that actually aren't bringing uh, life to me? And maybe even... Am I not producing fruit? Am I not a fruitful person? Maybe where, where are my roots? And three, I would encourage you, will you take time to delight in God's word this week? Not because he's going to give you some rules that will make you a better person, but because that scripture is going to, is going to draw you closer to God himself and to Jesus. And lastly, we are people who aren't just created uh, to know God and to hide with God until the end or people who are, uh, have been given good news because it's good news to tell and share. And so who do you know who is growing weary? That needs to know there's a stream of living water. And here's what's cool. As you read scripture, as I'm reading the Psalms, I'm running into people who seem to have troubles that the Psalms speak to. Um, like, whoa, what a weird coincidence, right? Or God using the scripture I'm delighting in to actually overflow into people's lives and to be able to speak that truth to them and, and, and bring life 
an encouragement to them. So I encourage you to think about that this week as well.